When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahafa podcast. Every week here, I come to you, I give you all the information about these couples, whether great, messy, saddening, all in between. I'm here once again, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, please, Anne Vakili, for episode 13 of season nine of OG 90 Day Fiance. We are here. And no, you're not listening to last week's episode. This is a brand new episode, but. We brought her back one more time, twice as nice. It is my partner in life, in podcasting, and everything else. The co-host of the BMB, the co-host of the Drag Race Rahap Up, and the co-host of the Mass Singer Rahap Up, and lastly, the co-host of my life. It is the one and only Liana Boris. Liana, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy that you got the B&B in there this time. <laughs> I, <laughs> Just, uh, I don't make a mi- same mistake twice, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. I'm, there was no need for that. <laughs> I didn't say, what did I say? What did I say? I said, uh-huh, sure. Okay. Yeah, that's it. But I know yeah. you, so uh-huh. I know how that sounded. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk through these couples again. I... I, look, I, I couldn't get enough of the mess, all right? And I needed seconds. You needed seconds, and Ari and Binion weren't going to be on this episode, so you were like, please, I'm in. Yeah, please I love and this. thank you. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, we did get quite a bit of information. We are getting to the end of the season here. Now, just to skip quickly to the next time on, no weddings yet. So we at least have one more episode still to go through before we see even one wedding happen. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty wild, because what episode are we on? This was 13. This was 13, yeah. Okay, so I feel like they're typically, what, like 16-ish episodes per season? We're getting there, yeah. The the end is in sight. Do we know which uh, franchise is next? I don't remember. Let's see. So, oh, oh God, I hope it's not Happily Ever After, because they just did before. I feel like that's what they did last time, is that they did OG, because then it was like... um, Jovi and Yara and Brandon Julia, they were all on OG and then they were right oh, on behind right. before the night, like the, sorry, happily ever after, right after. But we've not heard anything. So we at least have a month before the season's done because wouldn't they have told us by now? No, they normally drop it pretty close to when the next season is going to start. Okay. But the I, thing I, is, is that people, people sometimes will find when crews are filming. And so right. they'll know, like, if there's a happily ever after, because they know who to look out for. Mm. And I haven't heard any of those rumors yet. So I think it's still op- 
open and up in the air. If I had to guess, though, that if they're going to follow that same pattern, then that makes sense to me that it would be well, happily ever after. Uh, 90 day producers. I know you're not listening and you've probably recorded whatever you're going to give us next. Can you please not put anyone from this season on? I don't like any of oh them. Oh my god, please, please, please. <laughs> I'm I'm like desperately begging you, please do not put it, none of them, please. And, uh, if uh, look, if there were 3 wishes, if I I would use all 3 wishes from the genie to not bring any of these couples. Oh, you know what? I take that back. What about Jibri and Miona though? Uh, they, listen, she, they would be the one. growing on me a little bit, okay? I can't yes. still can't excuse the black fishing, but like well, well, we'll talk about it in detail. She's growing on me a little bit. No, and me. Um, I there. I mean, there are a couple that I think a lot of us have been thinking they're like the one authentic couple we want to do well. I feel like there was a lot of them. You know what? Stop. We're going to talk about them Collaborate first anyway. And listen. Okay. You're about to drop. Or should I give you the space? Do you want me to drop a beat? Well, that's what I should have done. Liana's back. That's because that's me. That is you. Okay. No, I'm not. Please. Patrick and Thais. No, sorry. Not Patrick and Thais. Jibri and Miona. <laughs> okay. Blanche Aida. I'm just going to name all of them now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jibri and Miona, they are 25 days away from the 90 day journey concluding. And what we learned here is that obviously the last time they spoke, they had some discussions about the wedding preparations and Miona had said, listen, I'm willing to compromise a little bit. Maybe we do something in Cali. I just don't want to get married here in this town. That's what I don't want. So sounds like they've done a little bit more than just compromise. They fully have now agreed to not have the big beach wedding this year. They'll do that probably next year. And instead, they'll elope. But also, they're not going to elope in the same city. They're looking at some other places. And in order to have all this start moving, Miona has agreed to talk to Mahala and essentially try and bring peace to the family. And before she gets to do this, Liana, Jibri is burning sage around the house, which I, my family does. And, you know, for good luck, you want to make sure everything goes smoothly. How did you mm-hmm. feel about the setup here? Oh, about the sage or about the conversation? Uh, well, generally, the how did you feel right before the convo started? And then actually take us through the convo. Okay, so <clears throat> first of all, I noted because how could you not note the fact that they were wearing those matching jackets that we saw last week? Is it compulsory? So, <laughs> Do they have to? I, I don't know that, but that does make me wonder, is that the same night that they went and had dessert at the cheesecake factory? And then they came and had the conversation. Like, did they in that conversation make a decision? And then that is why they went. Well, Cause it looked like it was at nighttime. Luckily, I do end up having the, uh, I do timestamp these. Yeah. So no, it was exactly 10 days since that conversation for dessert. Okay. So you're telling me that they wore those matching sweaters again? I mean, I guess like, you know, we're well, not, they won't know what scenes here. they're taking. Maybe they wore eight other <laughs> outfits in between and then it just ends up being the same day for this. Or maybe like how he was burning the sage. These are now their like good luck jackets. <laughs> so you're, like you're every time we wore these luck. we came to a compromise and things worked out so let's do it again yeah i so okay this was very interesting so the conversation happens but then to me the most interesting part was like the parallel retellings of the conversation afterwards. i did enjoy that so so but what we actually see is 
essentially Miona just telling mom straight up about the eloping plans. They're planning on eloping and then they're going to save for a big wedding later. Maybe they'll go to Joshua Tree. They She invited the parents, but apparently a month is not enough notice. So yeah. can I ask what state is Joshua Tree? And I've heard of California. Joshua Tree, California, California right? California. Because, yeah. well, I will say every show I've watched, they go to Joshua Tree to do shrooms and stuff. So, yes, that's what. So that's where we drove our bus. Oh, see, exactly. It's that kind of voyage. Yeah, we drove out to Joshua Tree. We brought a bunch of mattresses and then we just like camped out in Joshua Tree in a bus. (laughs) And we hotboxed the bus. (laughs) Oh, my God. Boris, what are you doing? (laughs) It was a great time. Anyway, um, yes. uh, Yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's in California. It still is not a beach. Like, I thought maybe she still wanted to do something on the beach. Um, but that seems to not be the case, but that's fine if they're going to save the beach wedding and do it later. But yeah, so that's where they're going to go. So they're going to go to Joshua yeah. Tree. So it would be a flight or two potentially for them to so, go there. They're in South Dakota, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm looking right now. It's a 21-hour drive, which is a lot, obviously. Okay, so like a two-day drive. But then if you look at the flight, it's five hours flight, and that From- can... That are they in the Grand Rapids? No, where are no yeah, Rapid I think City, right? Rapid City. Where they are. Yeah. Okay, let's see that Rapid City. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. I want to see. Okay, so from Rapid City, has four and a half hours with one or more stops total. Oh, that's not bad. No, not bad at all. And the drive so is actually LAX. shorter. To fly to LAX. Uh, let me see. It might here. be shorter if they drive to Joshua Tree. I just hope I mean, that Google doesn't think I want this flight, and they're like, "Hey, remember when you wanted to go to Joshua Tree from Cali or from South Dakota?" Yeah, I uh, like that you're flying from South Dakota. I know. No, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, uh, one stop, six hours total, so okay. two flights. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I think it mainly. I look to be honest. If you really want something to happen, a month is a plenty of time to make it happen. Now, that being said, there could be financial constraints or time constraints, mm-hmm. but just the mom, what's the mom's name? Mahala. Mahala. She comes across as so manipulative. I like, I would believe that her saying no is 100% a manipulation tactic. It's an anchor. Like, They're throwing an anchor. Yeah. 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 That's how I felt as well. Because to me, the whole like, oh, since there, because what was the exact question? She said the same thing she said before. Which was, um, we'd love to be there, but because it's not in the state, we don't have enough notice to be there for that. And to that, I would say, well, how are these two going to get there? Are they driving? Because then you could drive with them. If they're flying, again, like you said, financially, I get it. But it sounds like the reasoning she's giving is it's not enough notice. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't it was take a, a day time, off. It was a, a timing issue. Yeah. Look. I, she's been opposed to it clearly from the start. I mean, they didn't even want, she didn't even want them to get married based on that previous conversation and then the way that she acts here in this conversation as well. So it makes sense she's going to sandbag and do everything she can to prevent them from like actually going through with the process. But I don't know if they realize like what happens. She has to go back and that to Serbia. And I guess he would go with like Jabrita would go with her. Maybe that's their long term plan. They're like, how do we get our son out of our house? <laughs> Well, I see, I don't even, I think they, they, they don't like Miona period. I think that's what it is. And I think they just don't want this to work. And in their heads, if they don't do the wedding, then maybe in those two years or one year, whatever, we have time to brainwash him or manipulate Mm. him out of the relationship period. Yeah, that's also possible. 
Yeah, because so yeah, in this conversation, you know, I thought Miona approached it very mature, came through, no fight, no agenda, just said, Hey, so we've talked and uh we, you know, we want to do the wedding later. We're looking at eloping options. I you know, it's one good picture, good wedding dress stuff, and then we'll do the beach mm-hmm. le- wedding later. And then mm-hmm. she said, We're looking at Joshua Tree National Park because it's gonna be cheap to get an approval. We wanted to see where you think about that. They haven't even booked Joshua Tree. They're, all they said was it's going to be out of state. And she made it clear she doesn't want the state. So no matter what the plan is, that's going to stay solid. But mm-hmm. obviously, the manipulation is coming through. And then we hear that last time they spoke was that dinner. So that was a long time ago. So has, she just been, has there just been tension and these two haven't been speaking for that long? Yeah, that's so awkward because she's living in the house. Yeah. I don't... Like, if I am living with my potential in-laws and we've had a disagreement or a fight or whatever and I've just not talked to them for two weeks, I don't think I'd feel comfortable being there at all. It would be very yeah, difficult no. for me. Me neither. That would be so incredibly uncomfortable. And it's not like it, they've got like some massive house where she can kind of hide. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, she that, has nowhere else to go. Well, yeah, I mean that too. Yeah, it's brutal. So like you said, Liana, um, this was pretty much the conversation. It does end with Mahala saying, listen, as long as the two of you think that this is a healthy decision for you two, I support that. You have my support. Then we get to the post talk, which one side of the house, you have Miona and Jibri. Miona's filling in Jibri on stuff. The other side, you have Mahala filling in Brian of the stuff. And one sounds a lot more positive than the other, quite frankly. I mean, when Miona starts a conversation of like, yeah, I think it went well. And <laughs> it did not go well. I mean, maybe it went well from Miona's perspective. I thought it was like it went diplomatic, right? It went like in no fight, no disagreement. Ultimately, they got the blessing. That's a win. She's not coming to the wedding, but I offered and she didn't fight me mm-hmm. on it. So that's good. So yeah, I can well, see why I, she was thinking it was good. It it also felt like um, Mahala was being was being open and honest by saying, you know, the thing where it was like, you both choose a hard path and it's tough to watch. That's sort of like, I acknowledge and recognize your decision-making, but this is how it makes me feel at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of feels like, okay, well, she, you know, even though it's not maybe what she would want, she's acknowledging, she's being, you know, semi-supportive, at least of the decision. So I can understand why Miona would walk away feeling like it was a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, you know, bless her, she thought everything worked out, but then we find out from Mahala to Brian that uh, it didn't go as well. Because Mahala tells him, yeah, they're waiting for the big wedding for a year, and um, so that's the plan. And Brian's like, oh, okay. And then she sees him like react positively, I guess. Well, and, because he thought that they weren't going to get married. Like, he interpreted yes. that as, oh, they're not getting married. Yes. That, oh, next year, okay. And then she's like, uh, I'm sorry, I think you think that the K-1 visa isn't happening? He's like, yeah. He's like, no, that's still happening. They're not separating. They're going to be together. Um, and they're going to get married. And Brian's like, well, that doesn't see... Oh, and then she tells him, it looks like they're planning on Joshua Tree. And then Brian says, that doesn't seem like a compromise to me. Brian, don't you have burgers to undercook in a saucepan? What are you doing here? Why are you giving me two cents? <laughs> oh, yeah, not the saucepan. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, I don't know. I don't trust any other cooking in that house, given what Jabri and Miona made as well. It's apparently, like the rubber chicken or whatever. So that kitchen has seen nightmares, and it's not been on uh, Gordon Ramsay's show either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. The mom, she just seems like such a master manipulator, and I think the I would she she should not have any clients. <laughs> well we'll see how that goes after this 
like i can't i don't know maybe she, i mean she must think that she's a great therapist i mean i don't know she all wouldn't I see do is all this if she didn't if she didn't think it was going to be effective and it is because she convinced miona that she was cool with everything and then she was able to rile up brian very well which shows that she's playing both sides um brian feels so strong that he's like yeah this feels like bs and i censored it he didn't okay <laughs> um you know maybe she should play big brother oh wait never mind <laughs> not right now <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe mind. not right now maybe not ever <laughs> I I it's too much <laughs> um yeah, so they, you know, Brian says something along the lines of, I don't know if a single person that is, of a single person that supports this marriage, um, and I don't want to support a train wreck. How is this a train wreck when yeah. they love each other and they're happy and they they have compromised? Whether you think or not, you think a compromise means they put the wedding on ice. That's not how they feel. Uh, okay, look, I mean, here here's the deal. Like, I don't know what it is that they feel is the train wreck. Like, do they feel like the train wreck is their relationship? Do they feel like the train wreck is the fact that they're getting married when they should work more, but she shouldn't work here. She should go back to Serbia and work. Like, I don't understand. Like, the, the whole issue is like, okay, you don't want to have this big wedding because you can't afford it. They agreed to not have the big wedding and to save for the big wedding. So, okay, they're going to still get married in you know they're still gonna have to spend some money to go get married but it's gonna be maybe a thousand dollars versus twenty thousand dollars which theoretically should be possible but then you know in the preview for next week we saw the whole conversation about like when are you gonna move out but that to me is also a valid conversation but that shouldn't impact whether or not they get married you know what i mean like you can you can lay down the law and say okay look we don't have the resources to continue to support you we think that you should you know work to be independent we're happy to support you as you work to get a job whatever the case is and like say like you know these th this is the reality of the situation and then they can make a decision about whether or not they still want to go through with the the travel wedding because then maybe they make the decision of like oh shit if we have to move out in two months maybe we should save that money if they have it at all i don't know it's just it feels like you're being you're not being 100 honest about what it is that you actually want and trying to manipulate them into getting what you want without actually just being like a supportive nice caring communicative person yeah oh, and so it, was, it was working for a while there it was working where you know jabri was very mad at miona and very frustrated and mahala got to him for a little bit but then they yeah. were able to talk it out at dessert and every they smoothed things over they made a plan they're doing something new and it's just so clear to me with this line at the end of their segment where Mahala tells Brian, I don't want the way we feel about Miona to come in between us and Jabri, meaning we don't want Miona, but we can't lose Jabri. That's the plan. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. we want. And again, it's so disheartening because I feel like their whole argument was, well, he doesn't seem happy and he's not himself now that he's been with Miona. Yeah, stress happens. You are not making it easy. You're part of the problem. And in the next time on, we do see them essentially kicking him them, them out. And, you know, they can't stop him from getting married, but they can kick him out of the house. So that's healthy. Uh, yeah. Your son is a creative nomad who lost a bunch of money in crypto and refuses to take a real job from his best friend. Maybe you should reflect upon the, the being that you have raised as well. You know, <laughs> that's just a thought. Yeah, he's not innocent and without blame. Definitely not. <sighs> Yeah. No. All right. Anyway, so that covers Jibri and Miona. Okay. Let's dive into the next couple who have a very short but very juicy story or bigger storyline, rather. 
And that's going to be Emily and Kobe. Okay. <laughs> so when they opened with them and they go mm-hmm. to get the, well, you get, you, you can set it up. No, no, you set it up. You're here. I want you to well, set it up. Okay. They start. Okay. Well, no, cause you're going to go into the detail and I just, I just have a, a thought. All right. You feel free to interrupt me when when I get to the part you want to talk about. All right. So Emily and Kobe, 23 days left. Okay, 23 days left before the nine days are up. And she's been planning all the wedding stuff. She walks into the room. It's like, Kobe, what you up? He's like, just chilling. I was like, that's you. Yeah, that's you. You say just chilling. No, that's you. You're like, just chilling. (laughs) We both do it. Okay, we're both guilty of that. Okay, so they're just chilling. He's just chilling. And she's like, well, can you come with me to like do some wedding stuff? You know, uh, I would like for you to help or whatever. So they go to do that. And Kobe tells us that he feels like he doesn't feel completely trusted by Emily because the ring incident, obviously. And he still loves her and he still wants to make it work. So he'll go with her and he'll support her. So I was like, very nice of you, Kobe. That's awesome. And then anyway, so then they're in the car. and. Maybe I did. Was this supposed to be a stop along the route to do stuff, or is this a no? This was the this was the this was we were never going to do wedding stuff. No, okay. So then, Liana, uh, you take it away. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, um, yes. So, Emily, because she asked him just to like run an errand. Then, when they finally get into the car, uh, she tells him that her period is late and they need to go get pregnancy test a pregnancy test uh and they take it at the pharmacy <laughs> because they don't want to bring it home so they're all, like off on this secretive mission to go get a pregnancy test so the first thing that i thought because they open with them okay is that we aren't going to find out the results of this test until the very end it wasn't exactly the very end but was it was the second to last of the very end and Pretty i much had to wait end. a whole hour and a half to get the results of this and like most of the time like with Ari and Biddy, it was immediately not pregnant so when this one started taking longer I was like oh oh she might be pregnant she might like legitimately be pregnant and let me tell you why she might be legitimately be pregnant is because she's not taking birth control she's not pulling out they're not using condoms she's doing that thing where you track your cycle and like you can theoretically it's like oh I'm not ovulating now so it's okay can you explain I'm going to sound, people might be like, wow, Puya, but Liana, can you explain and, and remind me of ovulating and what, like that tracking it and all that? <laughs> sure. So yes, the uh, typical cycle for someone who has a uterus um, is that we, uh, it's like four weeks, typically 28 days, approximately, mm-hmm. yes. um, give or take a couple days, depending on, on the human. The first about seven days at the start actually is the the what what is known as the period part of it okay so that's when you're shedding your endometrial lining you're a little cranky your hormones you know going wild then about 7 to 14 days depending again on the person after that is where mm-hmm. the egg is released okay and that's ovulation the egg is released it travels down from the ovaries into the fallopian tube and then it like chills in the uterus for a little bit. If it becomes, um, if sperm fuses with the egg during that time, it can, it can attach to the side of the uterus wall. And then it can, that starts the whole pregnancy of it all. Okay. So yes. if there's no egg in there, then theoretically you can't get pregnant because there's no egg to be fertilized. 
Yes. So my question is, so from you're saying about from day seven to day 14 is the ovulation time, but can one still like obviously from day 14 to 28, that doesn't mean that they can't get pregnant during that time. Just less likely that. Okay. So that is, uh, okay. So what happens is first of all, the sperm can like chill it's like a warm, happy environment. The sperm's like chilling in the uterus, so it can mm-hmm. chill for a while and just hang out there. Um, also, it sometimes can be difficult to actually tell whether or not you're ovulating because there's that window mm-hmm. um, de- depending. Um, and so like sometimes based on discharge, you can like tell whether or not you are uh, based on body temperature. Also, theoretically, both women that I know that were doing this both got pregnant. Okay. So from my two examples, it is not an effective form of birth control trying to time it because these things happen. Okay. Well, first, thank you so much for explaining all of that. Um, I do appreciate it. So the, so let's circle back to they are not taking birth control. So we find out that it's because Kobe was the one who told Emily not to take birth control. And Kobe's reasoning was that he's seen women who are on birth control who had problems conceiving. Did he mean like later in life? Did he yes, mean when, yeah, when they go off of birth control, mm-hmm. like hormone, I assume hormonal birth control, um, because they don't seem to use, like they don't use a diaphragm. They don't use a condom or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's got to be hormonal because she, oh yeah, she talks about pills. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. I, I don't know the research on this. I mean, his is obviously also anecdotal. Um, I don't think that that's real, but I can look. I mean, birth control does like a, a mess to your hormones because typically you have like, you go on a 28 day cycle of hormones and what birth control does is it makes it so that it's the same every day, essentially. So it like completely changes your hormone makeup, which is why people can gain weight when they're on the pill or they feel shitty when they're on the pill or feel differently. So it can mess with your hormones, but let me, let me check. uh, Let me check. Okay. Yeah. Because, because this is a thing that he's brought up. So she hasn't been taking the birth control. And then like Liana said, there's conversations about pulling out and then that's not been happening. And then there's a, like, Oh, you said like, this is fine or what it was. It was a mess of a car ride to the, to the store to get the pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. And then uh, while Liana's researching, I'll skip ahead. Cause there, again, like she said, one other scene at the end of the episode, second to last penultimate scene. And she comes out of the bathroom. They both come out of the bathroom and he says, Oh my goodness. And she says, Oh my. And they're walking away, they walked into a corner. They did two pregnancy tests. Both tests had two lines. She is pregnant. That's really all we get from them. And then on the next time on what we get is, uh, Kobe's meeting up with his friend named Temperature and he has been told to, by Emily not to tell anyone. Emily does not want anyone to know about this, but he can't help himself. He tells Temperature that Emily is pregnant and then we don't know what happens after that. So that's all we got from Kobe and Emily this episode. Okay. According to a few fertility clinics that I found, um, and one other contraceptive website, uh, the long, uh, long answer, the pill, no short answer, the pill doesn't affect future fertility. The pill doesn't affect future fertility. So there's no evidence to suggest that the pill will cause infertility or long-term fertility issues. So Kobe was wrong. 
an actress and a liar. <laughs> what is he, Davide? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's wild. The this one is, rule oh the dad had one was rule. to not get pregnant. The, the one rule was to not get pregnant. The one and, rule. And it's so funny because uh, that what Kobe says when he's talking to his friend or it's maybe it's his like voiceover when he's like, oh, I need to share this information because Emily's making us keep like keep it quiet. He said, I need to relieve myself from this load. Yes. Uh, and I laughed you so that already? Yes. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe Guy, if you hadn't been doing that, it wouldn't have caused this issue. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh whatever what a disaster disaster is putting it lightly yeah and like again like we said earlier these are 23 days away from the from the marriage process they have a, another baby on the way as of this moment and kobe still can't work they're still living under her parents roof and they had one rule that they have now broken so <laughs> do you it's about think, to get messy, messy. Do you think they bought a big bed because they're going to need oh, an even bigger bed now? <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 no. I mean, how old before Coben is put in a separate bed, though? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, they got the big bed. This happens now. And, and here's where they leave us. Uh, my, oh, my, Kobe and Emily. OK, good luck to you. Uh, I am not ready for when they tell the family what's happening. Yeah. No. It's gonna again, like I said, it's gonna get messy, and it's not going to be a good time on this uh, journey for Emily and Kobe. For yeah, us. well, and because they're gonna wait till after they get married, so I will. Which honestly, that I do understand. <laughs> I yeah, think I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. So let's take a quick break, Liana. When we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the couples here, starting with Eve and Muhammad. All right, we're going to rip this Band-Aid right off, Liana, and we're going to dive in and talk about Eve and Muhammad. Now, oh. Eve and Muhammad, you know, we talk about some of these couples that have just been zooming through their, their journeys. Eve and Muhammad are still in the midway point, 45 days away from getting married. Now, the first scene we got from them wasn't until 45 minutes into this episode, you know, 30 or so minutes into the episode. And I could see why very clearly. So Eve is taking Muhammad out to see some venues. Like if we remember last time they had a discussion in the car and he was not happy that the wedding kept getting delayed. And now she's taking him to see venues and she feels like, you know, Muhammad's mad about the lack of marriage, but ultimately this is very important to her. And she really needs this to happen. This is the way she's been dreaming about. Mm -hmm. And Muhammad doesn't see any of that whatsoever and is uh, not taking any of this, Liana. And that's pretty much the story, but let's deep it, dive in a little bit. I think what really broke my heart is when they're going to the venue and they like get to the venue, which, by the way, not my cup of tea, but we'll talk about it. Uh, she, Eve, was so excited. She's like crying in the car out of excitement. And Muhammad is just like clearly not empathizing at all whatsoever with the way that she feels about the situation. He's got ice veins, Muhammad does. He has no sympathy. No. She, and like, here's the thing, right? There was, you know, there's a world where I understand him in that he wants to work, but more importantly, like he's been away from his family. He wants to see them. But we're not talking about a huge, it's not like she's saying wait eight months before we change. 
Wait a month. That's 30 days. That's 30 days. You buy milk. That's half the time. You buy another milk. That's two milks. You buy two milks and you can go. It's a one month delay. It's not that much. So for me, it is wild how much he's putting his foot down and ultimatuming her. And it's, I don't think she's not trying to find a venue. She's clearly doing so. And when did I feel she like, found one? Well, yes. Um, but again, it will not be available to what? The, the next month. Like they can't oh, do it yeah, immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. So when they, um, when they're talking to uh, Muhammad in confessional, Muhammad says, I can't, exp- I can't even begin to explain to you how it feels to feel stuck. And, Stuck isn't the word I would use to describe my journey, but, you know, it's that moment where as the petitionee, as the uh, foreign counterpart of the 90 day journey, you you realize I can't leave. I can't uh, work. I can't you know, all I can do is be home. And, you know, my partner has to take care of everything and I can't visit family and friends. So that can be difficult. That can feel constraining. But again, it's for a month. I refuse Mm -hmm. to believe that you can't do an extra month. It's already going to take you a long time anyway. That extra month isn't going to change it, right? It really isn't. I think knowing also how badly your partner wants this other option. I mean, obviously they both, obviously they both feel very passionate about the option that they want. And I can understand why Eve wants to, you know, not do because, because then ultimately Muhammad makes the suggestion that I did actually, which is like, just go get married. At, well, I think he said the mosque, but I said the courthouse, like just go like legally do it on paper so you can fill out the, um, the forms and then do your like ceremony. Mm-hmm. But Eve obviously had, you know, has reservations about that. She's like, well, that's, you know, that's not special to me, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, well, you're trying at first. It was like, okay, trying to come to some compromise of having, having this. Um, and again, like you mentioned, the be feeling stuck and all that stuff. Like I totally understand that. It's just the way that he treats her feels so cruel. Oh, of because, course. I mean, it's, it's essentially emotional blackmail to a yeah. certain degree. Oh, well, when we get, to, I mean, the text messages, especially like this oh, yeah. conversation was just getting things started especially knowing how excited she was. She's being open and honest. It's not her fault that the venue fell through. She scrambled to find a new venue. And yeah, like you said, it's only one month, which in the grand scheme of things, it's thankfully, from what we understand, there's no medical emergency or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so, you know, he could potentially, and it's not like waiting one month is delays it three months, right? Delaying one month delays it one month. Yes. One month delays it one month. And that's, that's what I'm saying. 30 days is not like, it's not like it's going to add six months to the wait. It's adding 30 days. That's not a lot of days. That's fine. Especially because you have to wait the eight, six to eight months anyways. So it's not that deep to me. Um, however, then the conversation comes about, you know, uh, Muhammad suggests, well, we can just get married at the mosque. Then that's available. We can do that soon. And obviously that's not the wedding Eve wants. And that's fine. I will say I did not like the way Eve spoke about all of that because Eve was like, I don't want to do a wedding where like, I'm going to be told that what I'm wearing is too tight or too revealing, which I understood all of that. But then she was like, I don't want bad vibes. And I was like, well, yeah, as as someone who's been to a mosque. I think she meant that that it was like, because she didn't want to feel judged. I think the issue is, is that her example is Muhammad, right? Her, her one example 
Mm-hmm. And like, it's not like he is the best representation necessarily, you know? Right. So well, I think that's why she has those negative feelings, but I, I yeah. do agree. There's definitely probably some unconscious bias there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing though with, uh, with Muhammad is that I don't think he'd be opposed to a courthouse, right? It's not like he says it has to be a mosque. He's suggesting mosque because to him, a mosque is a more like venue type wedding than mm-hmm. a courthouse would be. But the point is she believes that we're doing this once. I want to do it right. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jibri and Miona that we just discussed, they've reached the compromise of we'll do the eloping and then we'll have the proper wedding next year. And that's fine for us. Getting married and the wedding are two separate things for them, but they're not for everybody. You know, some mm-hmm. people don't see it that way and that's completely fine. And I'm not, you know, no judgment there. Now, let's skip over to the next day because that's when everything, you know, hits the fan threefold because we get to the next day and Muhammad is in the same house as Eve. She's not at work. She's at home. And Muhammad shoots her two texts. I'm going to read the texts. I wrote them down here for you, audience. Let's dive into them. Muhammad wrote, so I think if you were so busy to do your paperwork for me, maybe we can find another sponsor because this time is from my life. I need to be able to work and having a normal life in this country. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. Um, I mean, this is like the whole thing with him just saying to the friend or whatever that he was meeting with that, like, I'll just find another sponsor. That's not how that works. Like you are bound. That doesn't work like that. Yeah, hit him with the legalities, Liana. We've done this. We know. Well, it's. I mean, Eve talks about it even in this episode of like you file, like you and I are tied together legally. I mean, not just because we're married, but also during the application process because I was your petitioner. Like I yeah. was responsible for you. Like you were tied to me. You can't just come to the nineties. The the nineties. You can't just come to the United States on a ninety day visa and then just do something else. The whole point of the visa is for you to get married to specifically that person. Yeah, and there's no, and that person is responsible for you for a long time after the the marriage uh, happens. Even so, the idea of I'm gonna just hop into another sponsor that's not possible. That's not a thing that can happen. That's ridiculous. But also, aside from it being ridiculous, it doesn't change or take away from the fact that it's hurtful because. Mm-hmm. You know, Eve is not feeling like you think I'm replaceable. I'm just a a sponsor for you. That's how you see it. And obviously, Muhammad's like, no, no, no. You're putting words in my mouth. That's not what I'm saying. Um, and you know, I just want to. I have my dreams. She's like, I have dreams. Like, nope. I also have my dreams. If I'm not allowed to work in this country, I will go back to Eve. To which, yeah, well, yeah, well, no. I mean, that's the thing is, is the way that he speaks is very much like. I need to work like I I'm com- coming here to work. It's not, a, it's not about her. Yeah. I think that um, w- if I can feel comfortable enough in making probably an assumption because like Muhammad has an outright said it, I feel like Muhammad is okay. So I'll actually, I'll use myself as an example. That'll make me feel more comfortable in saying this. For example, you know me, obviously I think a lot of the listeners at this point um, can recognize. I was not someone who, had a career or working as part of my identity as in if i didn't have the job i needed or a career i was i'm comfortable i'm fine so i feel like with muhammad it's a little bit more tied up into his identity of i need to be working i need to be earning some bread i need to be bringing stuff to the table he is that's clearly what i see as something that is tied up into him and he needs that and he he wants that right so I feel like that's where a lot of the struggle is coming from him on top of, of course, 
he wants to go see his mom. He's never been away from his mom this long. And I think that separation anxiety is also kicking in. But mm-hmm. by no means is any of that grounds for you to be so cruel to your fiance at all. Yeah. It's, it's just really harsh. And I thought me, I was like, well, maybe he's texting it to her because it's like a communication issue. Uh, but then he went I up to her think, and said the same thing. Yeah. So I don't think that that's the case. <laughs> I take that back. Yeah. I think it was more of a, he was mad and he didn't want to just walk in there and speak it. He was like, if I text her or something, she'll come to me maybe, or she'll reply and then I'll go. So, uh-huh. which happened, right? It opened the portal to the conversation and. Yeah, the conversation, the the episode ends with, this was the last scene, I believe, right? Where he says, all right, give me a ticket then. I'll go back to Egypt. I don't care. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Um, so many things. Um, I I think for me, the hardest part of the conversation was when Eve is crying and he says, Muhammad says, when you care about me, I'll care about you. And I was yeah. like, wow, I can't believe you just said that. So you're telling me that your feelings towards this woman are conditional. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And then when she says, these are the things I care about, I don't care about these things. Like, I have a different dream. I have different goals, which, I mean, that's fine, but you don't have to poo-poo what she wants. Yeah, and, and you know, there was a point where she was saying, I'm under a lot of stress. I'm taking care of you. I'm taking care of Theron. I'm, we have more expenses adding up. I've got this. I'm trying to plan this wedding. And then Muhammad doesn't crack a smile, a frown, nothing, no emotion, coldly responds, if you don't want to take care of me, then you shouldn't have brought me here. Oh, my God. This relationship has been on a red flag alert from episode one or two, whichever one. we're. I think two were introduced to them. Mm -hmm. We're on episode 13. Nothing has Mm -hmm. changed for me. If anything, more and more, I think they shouldn't be together. My only hope. The only you mentioned you have three wishes. You wish none of them are happily ever after. I'll deal with. I am the one that has to watch and cover the show. I will deal with that. <laughs> My three wishes are that come tell all these two are not together anymore because I cannot take it anymore. And if they are together and there aren't happily ever after, oh, grant me the patience because my God, I'm not ready. I mean, then I don't know. Maybe there's. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe there's something we're not seeing. I just couldn't imagine being treated that way. Oh, same. I would, I would have such a tough time with it. This whole, and I, you know, a little bit with Patrick, we'll get to later, but the, the whole like deal with it. This is what you signed up. No, no, it is not. Um, Mm -hmm. I am unhappy. I shouldn't have to be unhappy and you shouldn't be making me unhappy when you're supposed to make me the happiest. Yeah. You guys are supposed to like working together as a team and it's beautiful. Like, Working is, I don't is under- amazing. I love what it. Are, I mean, and then there's also the whole thing about like, well, if if this was so important to him that they do it fast, then like, should he have been involved in like the wedding planning? But then how did that like, we haven't seen any of that. Like, all we know is that Eve is in charge of at least the venues. Yeah, I mean, we've but seen no effort from his side. Um, obviously, some of the other couples, uh, two other couples have had very similar parallels where mm-hmm. i mean not to this where the american has said well you don't really know the area and you don't know the language so it makes no sense for you to do it i'll do it but i think uh, this is more of a well it's on your shoulders you want to get you married? will do, you no, do it. what is it that he said with the the uh bidet and you will do it then 
or something like that. Oh, yeah. You will take care of it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) It's on you. Uh, It's not my dream. So it's your dream. Make it happen. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, That's it for Eva Muhammad. We don't need to talk any further on them. Uh, The next time on, Eva's telling one of her clients what Muhammad said to her. And then Mm -hmm. Muhammad comes, I guess, to her work or something. And she's expressing to him that she doesn't feel like he cares or something. And Muhammad replies, yeah, this sounds crazy to me. Liana, you will not be on next week. I can promise you that. So breathe easy. Yeah, thank you. Save me. (laughs) Let me free. (laughs) I'll do it so you don't have to, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you very much. No problem. I got you. All right. Let's go over to someone who, unlike even Muhammad, who are very much slow rolling this journey, someone who's jump roping through their journey. And we are literally two days before the journey's over, two days before 90 days over. It's Karen Guillermo. How are what we here? did I say that first episode? They are going to be boring. <laughs> There's nothing going on. The you called it. That they yada yada the dress shopping, the meeting with the officiant, the looking for the venue. And there seemed to be at least some like interesting stuff there, especially the officiant character. The officiant was great. I'm <laughs> well, so sad know. we didn't meet him. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he definitely seemed interesting. I would like to have seen more from him. There was conflict at the venue. The Guillermo didn't like it. There's all this stuff going on. And the editors made the executive decision that they were too boring to include any of this. Okay, so we're just two days before the wedding. You know what we got instead? Drama over Guillermo not setting up or going to the hairdresser for the wedding. That was the drama <laughs> for this episode. That was the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I I did like the one thing that I liked was she was like, who's going to take you to the venue? He's like, people? <laughs> what people? people? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I don't know out. yet. Yeah, I'll figure it out. It's two days from now. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then also in jump, just jumping forward super quick to the dinner date when she, he's like, I've been talking to people. She was like, who? He's like, people. <laughs> <laughs> I told you people. people. Lay off. <laughs> Kizzy is going to drive him to the wedding. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, she has become his best friend because what she said to him worked. We'll get there in a second. Um, yeah. So, so we start with the episode and Kara tells us that, you know, we shifted to the larger wedding. We went from the four people I wanted, which would have been us, my sibling and my mom to 40 people. That's the plan now. And she says, now that we're doing it big, I want it to be perfect. I want to, you know, we've been doing all this stuff. Like you said, we got the uh, wedding dressing, the highlight reel. We got the officiant and the officiant Really thought he was a jokester. Okay. So the officiant was like, listen, I'm going to tell you this one advice, Guillermo. If she wants the reins, you let her have them. And there was like an awkward two second pause. And then he said, <laughs> I'm kidding. You have to communicate. Okay. Officiant. What is this? The, 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 whose line is it anyway? What are you doing? Stop this. Also, we've moved past happy wife, happy life. We are now saying happy spouse, happy house. Okay. Yes. So I just want to put that one out there as well. It Although I don't improved. know if the officiant would, would agree with that, but I don't and then know he's like, psych, that. it's communication. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't know this, but haha, I'm funny. Anyway, uh, here's my card. I also know this man named Bilal. He's pretty funny if you want a comedian at your wedding. <laughs> Oh my God. Women, am I right? <laughs> oh my God, Liana. <laughs> um, so the other thing that, so what happens here from there after the highlight reel, we learn that Guillermo hasn't helped. He's been there emotionally for Kara, but he hasn't helped. And Kara kind of says, you know, it's not fair to ask him. I'm fine with it because he doesn't know the city. He doesn't know the stuff. 
Um, but then he shows us, but it's effed up that I got to do it alone. But then make him help. I'm sure he would. Question mark. Yeah, would he? I didn't. I didn't quite understand this because I feel like yes, okay, maybe there's things that he would be incapable of doing, but he can't be incapable of everything, right? Or is it that he's not going to do it the way that you want it to be done? But it's not like he's some professional designer or anything like that. So I don't know what you want. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe I just I feel like if you have a list, a to do list, right? Maybe she feels like it would be a situation where even if they split up the to do list, it would end up being more work for her because she like he he would go find venues that are way outside of their budget range, for example. And then she would have to like go correct all that. And it would end up taking more work if, because if his help like is going to cause know. more work then yes, a hundred percent. And then in that the case, case, I can understand the frustration of feeling like I'm frustrated that I still have to do it all myself because like he can't help. Yeah. So, well, I uh, feel like, and I feel like we've had this in our relationship where there's been stuff that I'm either very slow at, or I wouldn't do efficiently. So then you're like, I'll just do it. It'll be quicker. And that's mm -hmm. fine. But there's all definitely little things that he can do. Right. It's like, how about you pick out the food menu? There's like five items, pick two of them. Like he mm -hmm. can help with little stuff like that. Or, uh, can you go buy 300 balloons for the arch we're making? He can buy it balloons, right? He's not going to. I don't know. The She's balloons. the balloon expert, though. So maybe she would want to pick the balloons. I mean, you know, there's a whole thing of like the intellectual labor that goes into it. Like if you have to actually do the like there's many steps to completing a task and execution mm -hmm. is just one of those steps. Yes. Um, And so and I think that that also could be part of where that frustration is, is that having someone that can conceive and execute a task from start to finish that is so much more helpful than here's a list of things I need you to do. Yeah. I think I agree with that because I, especially I feel like with the two of them, obviously the big overarching argument and, and disagreement and problem and drama they've had in this relationship is Guillermo feels like she sees me as a kid. She sees me as irresponsible that I can't handle anything. And she sees it as he's being annoying about this. <laughs> <laughs> is how it comes off. Um, and, you know, we kind of get a little glimpse of this when they're talking after she does a confessional where um, she met, she asked him, did you pick your, your suit? He's like, I picked up a suit yesterday. Well, did you make sure you print your vows in both English and Spanish and then get your hair cut and then, you know, get your stuff ready? She said, he, and then his response is, do you trust me? Like, yeah, but I'm stressed. And then the whole people thing happens after. Who's taking the venue? People. Who's people? I don't know yet. And he keeps throwing out the word tranquila, which means what? Relaxed or it's yeah, done? Relaxed. Relaxed. Yeah. No, relaxed. Oh, relax or relaxed? Because relaxed is worse. I think relaxed, right? Oof. You never want to tell someone who's not like to relax. That never helps. I will never relax if you tell me to relax. I guess sometimes, depending. Uh, not in a situation like this, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then she made a comment about, you know, making sure he has all his words ready and everything. And then he replies, Oh, so you're telling me my words are poor? Like, Oh no. Oh no. And then he's like, yeah, I'm telling you everything's okay. And you're just putting words in my mouth. And then he tells us that he's feeling controlled again. So obviously this is still an overarching problem with the two of them that has not really been sorted out, but fear not Liana, because Guillermo has to go to the hairdresser, to the salon and get his hair done for the wedding and that's where he meets Kizzy the hairdresser who really comes in in the 90th minute 
hits him with the clutch haircut and also gives him life advice that he desperately, I guess, needed. <laughs> Kizzy! Yes! Um, yeah, I mean, the whole advice of when Guillermo was like, well, things will get better once we get married. No, no. Things will get better once we have a baby. Things will get better once we move. Things will get... No. No. The only way they're going to get better is the fact that at least they won't have that stress specifically of the wedding hanging over them. However, what they, the issue is, is that there's these fundamental issues that come up regardless of what it is that they're facing. And it's the fact that Guillermo feels like he, like she is controlling him, right? That's how he feels. So that doesn't matter if they're getting what, going on a wedding, going on a wedding, going on a trip, getting married. <laughs> You know, whatever the case is, that feeling is going to permeate every element of their relationship. And that's like, so that's not going to change when they get married. Yeah, no, I, I feel like those are some fundamentals that will only heal and improve with lots of conversation, check-ins, and just openness and honesty. And they're not going to be an overnighter. And I feel like when, because what he does is with Kizzy, he's like, yeah, you know, so we'll get married and then hopefully everything will like sort itself out. She's like, yeah, that's not how that works. You need to work <laughs> on this. Um, these are not, she, he, she was like, if anything, if you get married, things might just stay the same because like, you know, you're done now. Yeah. There's, yeah or you know, get worse. Right. Yeah. Cause like, oh, why would I change? I mean, right. Ho hopefully if they're both committed to being in a relationship with one another, then you take and you do the work to make, you know, to practice your communication skills. And to work on those things together. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so he, they go for their final date night before they get married. Final date night before they get married, dinner date. They go to this venue and this is where Guillermo has decided, you know what? Kizzy gave me some sound advice. This is the time where I'm going to open up all these conversations and clear them up before we get married. And it'll all be fixed. <laughs> it'll all work in one fell swoop. Easy. Done. And, <laughs> Two days before the wedding. Yeah, And they did give us the flashback of, you know, the computer saga, the going out to party with friends saga, which I was like, y'all really had time to give us flashbacks, but you didn't give us new scenes. I see you. Okay. They're boring. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, and also we did miss this part out, but it took Guillermo three years to find a good hairdresser. Before he oh moved. yeah no I'm so happy that we included that little tidbit I was really wondering but how how will he get his hair cut <laughs> how will he style his hair for the wedding oh, my right? gosh oh. yeah so he says that um yeah he's he's not worried but one thing that has him nervous he's been talking to people again the people, people? Mm -hmm, um people. it's like Jeff Probst saying people on the streets like I've been talking to people and you know um I'm <laughs> By worried people, he means Kizzy like that's yeah. There's people, one person. Yeah, person. but he doesn't want to be like, I was talking to my hairstylist. I mean, that I feel like in his eyes, kind of rightfully, yeah, the person I met that I do not know for the first time told me all these things, and now I'm bringing up this super serious conversation yeah. with you two days before the wedding. I mean, she she did have good advice, you know, props to yeah. Um, Yeah, and he brings everything up. He brings up the, you know, he well, first of all, he says that there's three things, three words in this relationship that we need: respect, understanding, and communication. And then he explains to her that 
he feels like he respects her, but that he doesn't get respected. And then she's like, well, how do I not respect you? And then he goes, you treat me like a kid, like an idiot. You don't treat me well in front of your friends. And he was going out with all of this. I was like, again, Guillermo, she said communication over time, not all in one time during dinner. You haven't even, you've only gotten your drinks. You haven't even gotten your appetizers yet. What are you doing? Wait for the ceviche. Yeah. What about the ceviche? No, I- Look, here's the thing, is that absolutely, if he's feeling a type of way, he should he should share that, right? If there is, if Kara has certain behaviors mm-hmm. that make him feel undermined, not respected, whatever the yes. case is, absolutely, he should communicate those. There is an art to effective communication because the way that he presented the issue is like, you do all these things to me and you're a bad person. That's how it comes across. Instead, what the reality of the situation is, is that when these things happen, that makes me feel this way. I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know what the case is, but I wanted to share that with you that when these things are said, when we're hanging out with your friends, this is how it makes me feel. Then Kara can make a decision about, I'm fine treating my partner that way, and I don't care how he feels. But if she loves him and cares about him, she'll say, oh, okay, let me hear the way that that's making you feel. Let me understand that and then reflect upon my own behavior and potentially how we can work through the situation together, right? Because maybe it's a misunderstanding. She's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I thought we were just joking and having fun and making like laughy comments. Ha ha. I didn't realize it was impacting you that way, right? That's one way that conversation could go. But when you're like just telling this other person, you you're mean to me, (laughs) it's like, Okay, what? Like, that's so difficult to work with. It's not I statements. It's not sharing how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, this isn't, yeah. I mean, ultimately, the solution he wants, right, is that she hears him, she acknowledges it, and then they agree to work on it together one day at a time, but that there's going to be work put into it. But because of the way he's coming in and, you know, To our knowledge, this hasn't really been talked about for a minute, right? It's not like they've been constantly, they're not showing us. So we're going to, I'm going to you know get on a trampoline and jump to a conclusion here. I'm going to say that we haven't seen them talk about it for a long time, meaning they haven't talked about it for a long time. So it's going to be very easy for Kara to feel like, I thought we had talked about this, everything was going in the right direction. And then here comes Guillermo out of nowhere two days before the wedding with this energy of like, well, do you want to get married? Like, why are you so like, all of a sudden you're, you're making it sound like we're not good. And like, everything is in jeopardy and you know, the world is falling. So it's, I guess it's complicated, even though with these two, we've said that they've really not had a complicated storyline. I mean, they're still boring. Like these are not exciting issues that they're going through. You know what I mean? Like this is everyday communication stuff that all couples deal with. I'm bored. You treat me like a kid. (laughs) The only thing I liked from this whole scene was the margarita. I was like, that looks good. I would like one of those. What's the salted versus unsalted? Like the rim? Yeah, like salt on the rim. Yeah. And is like, is it, would you get it with salt or without? Yes, I, I like salt on the rim. Is it just regular salt? Yeah. Is it a lot of salt? Uh, depends on the place you go. I've been to places where it's just a little bit on the outside. I've done ones that like really go hard in the paint. And then I went to a place when I was in Colorado there, they did it on just like one side. So you had parts Ooh. that were, uh, open that you could have no salt, but then it was kind of awkward to drink. Cause I had to like lick 
the salt from the side of the glass and then like drink <laughs> yeah, them. So, so that that I don't recommend. Is it like if the whole rim is salted, do you take sips from each part of the circle and then you like rotate or that's how I that's how I drink. I like circle around the whole thing. But is that the the correct way? I guess there's I no know. right or wrong way, but is that what everyone does? That's what I want to know. That's, I'm curious. That's what I do. I don't okay. know. Take a survey. Uh, uh, listen, if you if you margarita and you listen to this, let me know. If you're getting a salted margarita, how are you drinking it? This is going to be a very niche question. I don't know. An, an hour <laughs> in, I don't know how many people are going to say. I'll be surprised to even get two responses. But let me know, please. Apoyism would appreciate. <laughs> okay. I'll ask my I'll, I'll ask my dad and sister also because I can't remember what they do. They're both avid margarita drinkers. Okay, we'll find out. We'll get to the bottom of this uh, mystery because, my God, this couple, stop this. Um, ultimately, the, the episode for them ends with uh, she says, let's go home, and they leave before the ceviche hits the table, unfortunately. No! Well, they did get, I think they, I think I saw tacos on the table, and I don't oh, know, do did they, they pay? It? it looks like they just got up and left. I well, think maybe they did eat. The, you know what? Like, There's no world where they're going to not pay, right? We'd have to yeah, see someone chasing them down. Yeah, they must have yeah, like skipped through and given us the ending. This could have been a conversation that kind of went over Arch throughout because when she was like, let's go home. He's like, no, like, you know, let's stay the date. She's like, we're going home. I don't mm-hmm. want to be here anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's see. What was the next time on for them? Uh, next time on. Oh, she's going to have it's b- the day before the wedding. So we're not even at the wedding with them. We have at least one more day in between the wedding. Right. And it's her bridal shower, I think. And she's telling her friends about uh, Guillermo's ultimatum that he's put out there. So more drama, less drama, boring, maybe not boring. We'll find out next week. Yeah, whatever. All right. Well, speaking of whatever, (laughs) let's take one more break and then we'll tackle the last two couples being Patrick and Thais and Bilal and Shaida. All right. So Patrick and Thais, Liana, we see them. (laughs) They have a month left before the, the journey. One month left. And Patrick says, you know, now that I know she hasn't told her dad we're getting married, it's caused a strain. It's caused things to get awkward. There's tension or whatever. And then he says, you know, if, if she doesn't tell him, I don't want to get married at all. Uh, now, my worst nightmare came to life because we learn that he was on the phone with Matt when the scene started. Matt, of course, was the younger brother. They met in Vegas. And Matt, along with his older sister, I believe, are going to be in Orlando in February. and. Patrick said, you know what? What if we got married on the 22nd of February? And he tells us 22 is his lucky number and getting married on 2-2-2-22 would be a great wedding date. Mm-hmm. Not my birthday, Patrick. It's my day. Mm-hmm. Don't do that this, was, please. That was the first thing that I, because he was like, oh, my favorite number is 22. So I was like, oh, they're going to get married the 22nd. But that was February 22nd. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah, no, my uh, my notes say it in a lot more of a reactionary uh, 22, no. 22, 22. That's my birthday, UF. <laughs> but yep. Yep, yep, yep. my personal feelings aside, uh, this is yet another decision that he's made alone, right? He has decided mm-hmm. February. He's decided Orlando. And he's telling her, hey, this is when we could get married. This is what I think. And, you know, she kind of pushes back. And he says, well, I'm the one paying for it, so I can do that. The audacity. Yikes. Yikes. 
what are you going to foot like give a invoice at the end of the life? Also, uh, you had this, you wanted this wedding cake that's coming out of your kick. Like, no, what are we being ridiculous right now? Also, he's the one that wanted to do this. She was like, let's just elope in Vegas. So she was ready. You, yeah. If you want to do this, then like, that's your choice. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he can't discuss things with her, right? I think we're on the same page there. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is that if, okay, so if, if that's something that he wants and she's like, okay, sure, let's go ahead with that. Then again, you figure out how you're going to divvy up the, the work. Like one of the biggest things that came out was the fact that she, he went ahead and booked a stylist for her without consulting her. Turns out she had sent him the name of the stylist, but then said that I wanted to talk with them first before you booked it. And he just like went ahead and did that. Yeah. And so I think that she feels like she doesn't have any agency because one, she didn't have any agency in the decision of when they're getting married, where mm-hmm. they're getting married, and apparently anything else when it comes to the wedding. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can honestly see why she's get, growing frustrated with this, but I can also see him being a little shady and knowing what she wants and just simply not doing it because this is not something that she hasn't told him before. He actively keeps doing it himself. And then he gives us a little bit of insight later, which we'll dive into afterwards. Now we move into the next day and Thais is meeting up with two of her friends, um, Kayla, who she has met, and then Anadia, I want to say, who she met through Kayla and Anadia is Brazilian. She has, she has two friends now in Dallas that she's hanging out with, which is great. <laughs> Okay, two things. One, I forgot to mention the fact that Patrick sells Orlando as there's going to be a DJ and really good food. Those are the two selling points. It's like not great selling points, bro. You can get a DJ anywhere, I'm pretty sure. And you can get good food most places. Exactly. Anyway, I love the fact that Thais, the one, the English speaker, that I assume I'm an American woman that she met was at the party that John threw. That's so funny. Does she owe the friendship to John? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's so funny. Because then, yeah, because then the English speaker that she met at the party introduced her to another Brazilian. And so she's like happy to have friends. That's hilarious. Yes. So, yeah, she has friends now and she's discussing with them. She's talking to them. She does tell them, hey, so, yeah, my dad doesn't know we're getting married. And this immediately we get a reaction from Kayla who says that, yeah, friends, if your dad doesn't know and you haven't told him and then you tell him he will not be happy especially with the husband and anadia agrees this is yeah for the same thing i agree and mm-hmm. they um they do tell her though they're like you need to put your foot down with patrick and his controlling ways and like really set it straight how you feel and what you want to happen in this relationship mm-hmm. yeah i think uh you know, I think obviously they're her friends, they're going to support her, but I do think that, you know, their reaction of like, you're really not going to tell your dad that you're getting married? Like, that's wild. But they didn't seem to pressure her into, but you have to do it. Right. Um, So at least like, they were somewhat understanding from that perspective, but the controlling bit is like what it seems like they spent most of their conversation on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm happy that she has friends that she can use as a sounding board to discuss stuff like this with, and you know, to feel empowered in an otherwise alone state where she didn't have anyone like two months ago right, or a month and a half mm-hmm. ago. Uh, now, mm-hmm. 30 days in, she has somebody. So anyway, we moved to two days later, and now John is going to accompany Patrick to suit shopping for the wedding, and John tells us that, you know, Patrick's lucky I'm here because my taste is infectious. What is yes. infectious? Well, I thought he meant impeccable. Probably, or... It's not infectious. 
impeccable. Impeccious makes sense. I mean, sorry, impeccable makes sense for what he meant to say. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, did I learn a new word today? Is this SAT prep? Oh, most definitely not. They put it in John. quotations. They put they, they put impeccious in full quotes in the yeah, subtitles. Well, <laughs> this is the man that gave us testicular fortitude, I suppose. So, you know, I had forgotten about that, um, wow. and I was happier man for it. But that's fine. Oh. It comes back to the mind again. We move. <laughs> um, yeah. So. He, you know, Patrick starts voicing some stuff to his brother, to John. I says, I've been paying for everything. I've been doing everything. And it's been, it's been a lot. I'm getting very frustrated. Like, yeah, I'm stressful or whatever. And then John's like, well, does she know you're going through all this? And he's like, no, she doesn't really. And he tells us that he feels like it's a lot to drop on her. And that unlike other people, like he's not good with talking about his feelings, what he's good at, what is, what's natural to him is not sharing feelings. What's Take natural to him is to squat 600 pounds. Oh, mm-hmm. and taking steroids. Well, okay. So that he could squat 600 pounds. Well, then he said that, and uh, he doesn't understand how people can be weak as uh, excrement, but that's what it is. And I was like, what are, you, what are you being a dick for? Like, no one, you didn't need to say it like that. I didn't understand that. I was like, so are you saying that if you can't squat 600 pounds, you're weak? Yes. Like, that was, was just saying, his whole comment? His whole comment was, why? Well, I think it's because a lot of people would be like, dude, open up. It's not that deep. And he's like, I can't open up. I can do this. Why don't you just like, why don't you, you know, take these weights and lift them? Oh, like you can't because you're weak. So it's like, but then are you saying you're weak uh, emotionally? Mm-hmm. If you say that, yep. I'm, I'm with you. Yep. Um, yep. 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 100%. But anyway, yep. so he's essentially not sharing with her because he feels uncomfortable going through his emotions. And also he says that she's going through a lot. So he doesn't want to share with her. and. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's appropriate or the right thing. The later on, though, he does voice that, you know, he feels like because she hasn't told her dad that they're getting married, that she doesn't really care about getting married and the wedding. So it shouldn't be important to her, which is wild. I okay. so I can, to a certain extent, understand that concern. Mm-hmm. because when you, but I mean, obviously he's making assumptions, right. About how she is feeling based on her behavior. Right. So right. for example, let's say you see someone shivering, you're going to assume that they're cold. Yes. Right. So he's thinking like, Oh, you don't want to tell your dad. So therefore blah, 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 blah. What the conversation I have not seen is why has she had the opportunity to explain why she won't tell the dad? And we talked about this last week, right? That there was no, like, he's not trying to understand and she's not doing a good job explaining the situation of like, she doesn't where it's want to from. because yeah, he doesn't exactly. like she doesn't want- yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the reason <laughs> it's because dad doesn't like Patrick. Yeah. And so clearly it doesn't make sense for her to, to, to tell them about, but the, the issue with the kitchen conversation was that it started out about Patrick being controlling and then spirals into well, you're not telling your dad, which is kind of a separate issue. And then he ends up being controlling when he kind of forces her to tell the dad. So I felt like it was a really good example of him being controlling. Yeah. (laughs) And in this episode, Patrick taught us that he's very controlling despite not believing he is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, it's the same day since the suit shopping, right? He's at home and um, he says that he's giving her space after the John conversation he had because he thinks that she will do the right thing. Um, because if she doesn't do it, if she doesn't tell her dad, he doesn't want to get married. That's simply not going to happen. And, uh, ultimately when 
she starts discussing with him and says, you know, I, t- uh, I went out with friends. I told them that you control everything and that you didn't really act like this in Brazil. Uh, he starts saying that, you know, you don't really speak English. So I have to do this. I have to plan this stuff because you don't really know the language. And I was like, she spoke English just fine. She's going to be okay. I don't think mm-hmm. that's a good enough reason for me personally. But then he starts saying, I'm trying to do you a favor. Which I think she told you the favor would be it rope me into the conversation. That's all I want. Right. Let me let me help and do these things. And, you know, she, he OK, so let's say he has to make the phone calls. OK, because she even agrees. She's like, yeah, I don't speak English, like maybe as well as she would need in order to have effective conversations. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's trying to do stuff like she did find the stylist that she wanted, but then wanted to have a conversation with them first. It's like he just preempts and takes control when mm-hmm. She's telling, actively saying, don't, please don't do this. Let me speak to them first. Yeah. Like, I don't think he realizes, like, I think to him, it's like, oh, I paid it. I took care of it. You have no worries now. It's like, well, no, it's like what you said earlier, right? Where if someone's going to do something, they're not going to do it right. Then that's more work for you. So now mm-hmm. she hasn't had the conversation. She doesn't know if this is the right person for her. Maybe they can't do what she needs. There's more stress now. There's more worry. So actively, it's a net negative for you to have gone ahead and done that without discussing this first. <laughs> my heart actually seriously goes out to her for the makeup artist because my mom tried to get me a makeup artist for my first wedding. And I went to go do the trial and I mm-hmm. hated my makeup, hated my makeup. And even my mom was like, yeah, no, we're not hiring this person. And thank <sighs> God we did the trial because it would have shown up the day of my wedding looking like a freaking clown. Or at least that's what I thought I looked like. It was just the wrong colors. It was the wrong colors. I looked, I looked, I looked a mess. Well, you are amazing. And I think you look great. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can find a picture. My sister has a very unflattering picture of me. Ooh, why? To show you for bonding purposes. No, no, no. Yes, but why does she have the unflattering picture of you? Because she's mean. <laughs> <laughs> she's just holding on to it. Oh, just in it's case. for sure blackmail. Just in case she needs oh, to put my me in my God. place. She's like, I'll tweet this picture. <laughs> you you one one toe out of line and this photo goes live. <laughs> okay, so then, you know, she says, like, you know, you've been treating me like a child and I'm not asking you to be my father. I don't want you to treat me like my like you're my dad. And, you know, this is where he says, well, it can't be that important to you if you're not telling your dad. Like, I feel like that's something I need from you to tell your dad. Um, and then she ultimately agrees. I was surprised that that's how we got there. But she agrees. I'm going to tell my dad tonight. This is happening. Yep. Yep. Good old Patrick getting what he wants. Gaslight, gatekeep, uh, girl boss, girl boss, indeed. Because he got what he wanted, but I don't think she's happy about it, and, and she shouldn't be because she got pushed into a corner. But honestly, I think it's going to be a load off her mind once it happens. We're gonna next time on does highlight that they're gonna they're gonna show us the Zoom call with the dad. Um, mm-hmm. it's gonna be done. It's gonna be dusted. Uh, Patrick can hopefully find some sympathy. Patrick will no longer have that excuse above her head. And hopefully she can get what she needs from him. However, I'm not too confident about it because what I feel like, oh, Liana sent me the photo. <laughs> oh, my so days. <laughs> Does it even look like you? I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so 
So who did this to you? <laughs> what monster did this to you? Oh, no, I'm going to stay silent for fear of any type of incrimination. Oh, my God. We'll talk offline. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not like we don't live together. Okay, easy. Got okay, good. Okay. Yeah, so my problem with it is that she's saying she's going to do all this. And then he says, yeah, we'll do that. And then the rest of it will take care of itself. No, it mm-hmm. won't. That's all. The next part is on you. And I feel like you're just going to not do that. You're not going to be open and, and share and have her involved in the decision making. I think it's going to be more of the same from him. But then in the next time on, they are, yeah, they're doing the Zoom call. So we'll see what happens after the Zoom call later. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Liana, take the reins on this one. Last but certainly not least, we're going to go to Bilal and Shaida. End the episode. All right. Two major scenes from them. The first, a picnic at the park. The second, a conversation back at uh, their house. So the first, it starts with the fact that Shaida's like, Bilal is such a caring and loving person, which, by the way, disagree, but fine. And so they planned a picnic at the park. They toast new beginnings and, of course, being grateful, which Shaida feels like she's trapped and has to recite the tenets of the Bilal household, which is apparently be grateful. Hashtag blessed. And then anyway, Shaida brings up the fact that uh, Bilal's ex came to the house and felt like the ex had an agenda that she wanted to bully and intimidate her. And Shaida felt very attacked and felt like she came in with an attitude. Which we saw, and I think we both agreed that that's exactly what happened. So Mm -hmm. no lies detected so far at all. Yeah, so Shaida basically relays everything at the picnic about the conversation she had with uh, Shaida, the ex-wife. And Bilal, surprisingly, agrees with her and says, you know, I think you're right. I think that conversation has nothing to do with her, and it should be between you and I. I was like, okay, Bilal. Uh, Yeah, honestly, I was like, what? wait, what? What? Like, I was expecting him to gaslight her or something. But then yeah. comes the but. But but <laughs> he said, and I'm quoting, well, marriage is like a business. I was like, okay, all right. Throw the book out. <laughs> He's back. It was a moment. It was a fleeting moment where I thought, oh my God, is this the the turn for Bilal? Is he gonna be nice? Nope. Yep. It's the whole, let me say something nice, but which when a person is hearing that you and I have had conversations about that, we have makes that person feel like what you just said before is invalidated because you're saying this, but Uh, But marriage is also a contract, but marriage is also a contract and it's like a business. So Mm -hmm. mm, uh, disappointing. And then that feeds, I mean, she obviously doesn't have a good reaction to that. And then of course that feeds into the second conversation they have back at the house. Liana, that conversation was 11 days later. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't know what they've been doing. And also I'm, I mean, I like, did Shaida just wait to have the conversation with Bilal until their picnic? Like oh, she didn't yeah. mention it to him at all before that the ex wife came by. Let me check because came by because the timestamps for this episode we start the picnic was forty five days the next one was thirty four days it was like eleven days but to look at their last week uh, timestamps fifty days to the wedding forty seven days so it was two days later that um she mm-hmm. brought up the the Shahida talking about the prenup. So that was two days in between that, but then a whole 11 days, 46 to 35 for this next conversation. Right. And so this is where (laughs) this, okay. 
This is where you can tell a person's true color if you truly listen to the words that you're saying. Because yes, hit us with the Bilal, analysis. When Bilal is like, I sh- it, it may have been a bad time for me to present it to you when I did because also you couldn't read the small screen. Like he's talking about when he brings up the prenup for the very first time, when he corners her on the freaking Ferris wheel, knowing that she's afraid of heights and then shows it to her on like a tiny phone. But he never apologizes. He never says, you know what? I apologize for presenting it to you there. It was a bad idea. You couldn't take a good look. You were in maybe a, he never truly apologizes. He just says, yeah, it may have been a bad idea for me to do that. Uh, But here's a printed version like completely glosses over it. And that's where it's like never a true apology. Yeah. He's like, anyways, it may look uh, like here's an the apology. hard copy. That's the thing. It may look like an apology because he's saying, oh, that was a bad idea. That may have been a bad idea, but you never actually said sorry or feel remorse for what you did. Which is a problem. Yes, which is a problem because you did a bad thing. You did a thing that obviously the person is not going to be receptive and like she's going to feel cornered. And then this whole conversation also, because based on, so he gives her the physical copy and based on her interpretation of the prenup, because we haven't actually seen the words, what I understood, what she said is that what she accumulates will be joint, but what he has, he keeps. Yes. So they're building. So what then Bilal clarifies is yes, now that we're together, we're going to be building this together. We're going to sustain this together. So meaning everything moving forward is joint. So if they do divorce, what I understood is everything before the divorce stays with Muhammad. Sorry, stays with Bilal. And then Bilal gets half of the things they have together after. Okay, so let's see. Where are they? What city? Are they, what, what country? Or what country? What state uh, are they in? Shoot. Uh, let me just look that up real quick for you. Okay. Because there's some laws, depending on the state, that it's like, that's already true. That all mm-hmm. property owned before is considered to still be that person. But anything that's acquired after... Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, it's like assets owned before marriage, and like different states, I think treat things differently. Anyway, whatever. Not the not. This is like so not totally important. Anyway, he's being <laughs> a jerko. And look, uh, okay, fine. If he wants to have a prenup, but then I love the fact that she's like, well, I'm going to show it to a lawyer because it is absolutely one sided. It's protecting him, but not mm-hmm. protecting her. So she needs to consider what are the things that she wants and she needs. Like a bait, like if she wants to have a kid, mm-hmm. in- being does. able to include that in her, like her, you know, section or whatever of the contract. Right. Well, look no further than when she's saying that this is unfair. Like this feels unfair to me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is right um, because despite how hurt and affected I am about this, it doesn't seem like you care. And she says that so far you're just re- like you're just protecting yourself and. You know, this prenup to me, what it shows is that I have to work really hard to get something and I'm not really protected. I'm not really kept secure. And he then replies with this sentence that I think says a lot. He says, do you have a plan on cheating on me or divorcing me? She's like, Mm -hmm. no, of course not. And then he says, well, all this sheet says is that you won't go back on your word on what you just said, to which I would reply. You're not saying that you wouldn't do that. So mm-hmm. how about she needs a section of it, which is you saying you wouldn't do any of this and that she also gets something that's fair for her. 
because that is important. But what happens next, I do love, is that Shaida hits Bilal with a clapback. And the clapback was, does this contract have a sleeping partner influence on it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, you know, your ex was pretty much involved with pushing me to do this. And I can't help but feel like she's had some influence on this here paper. Yep. I mean, of course she's going to feel that way when that was the last conversation that she had with Mm -hmm. Shida. Yes. Right. So of course. And then the whole thing of like, I feel like I have to pay the price for his trust issues. Cause as far as we know, based on the language, it was that Shida left Bilal. Yes. I think think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the next time on also it's Bilal showing more of his ass and talking Uh about uh yeah you know the cinderella stuff is not real in a in a marriage and i'm like okay well you're done i'm done so i'll leave that this man yeah i'm gonna leave that for the next guest liana for you here this brings us to the end you were here last week okay so the the power ranking should be relatively straightforward because the only difference is arian binyam aren't here and it's emily and kobe so i'm just going to read you your rankings from last week and then tell me if there's any changes and we'll get out of here so sixth place was Bilal and Shaida. Fifth uh-huh. place was even Muhammad. Fourth yeah. place was Patrick and Thais. Third was Jibri and Miona. Second was Ari and Biniam. One was Kara and Guillermo. I want to put Jibri and Miona first. I just, I like <laughs> loved their conversations. I this thought they improved. I, I thought they improved too. I was like, oh, that's so cute. And watching them interact, they genuinely feel like they love each other. The joking, yes. the burning of the sage jokes. The yes. Like, I, ugh. I can't help I'm it. With They're growing, I'm with you. I'm with you. They're growing on me a little bit. I agree. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can we put them first and then swap? So essentially just swap Miona and Jabri and Car and Guillermo. Where does that leave Emily and Kobe? Ugh, who cares? Um, let's see. <laughs> third, I guess. <laughs> okay. So they're third. Then everyone else stays the same. Patrick and Thais fourth. Even Muhammad fifth. Yeah, Blanche yeah, yeah, yeah. to last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can get behind that. That's easy done for me. There you go. That's the power rankings for this week. I'm <laughs> very quick. Liana, thank you Yay. so much for coming through once again. Really do appreciate you giving us your time once more to talk about all the mess on the Hot Mess Express. Now, where can people find you? What else do you have going on? Let us know. Yes. So you can follow me on Twitter at Liana RHAP, podcasting about RuPaul's Drag Race. We're going to be drop. We're recording that Monday, so it might be dropping um, a little bit later, but that will be out. And oh, I'm going to be on the Big Brother recap this Sunday night episode, Yay. so July 10th. I will be in there to talk about all of the big brother hooray big brother yeah it's been big it's been brother. a situation um y'all can find me on twitter at puyism you can find me on twitch twitch.tv slash puyism stream about three four times a week this past week i went through the cast when it first dropped i did a stream friday saturday sunday so you can find all of that over there i also was on the live feed update Friday morning. I will continue to be doing that throughout the season. So Pia Fridays are very well back and running. So you can check me out over there. I was a guest on Nothing But Netflix this week where I got to talk about a show called How to Build a Sex Room with Rob and Chappelle. So if you want to hear me talk about sex rooms, that's your destination for that. Um, Which one of and, these couples has a sex room or is most likely to have a sex room? Uh, of the six of them that we talked about today? I would say Patrick and Thais. Unfortunately, yes. And I would I, say yeah, Patrick and Thais. Yeah, Plus, okay. he's got that big house. Do you think John designed it? I don't know. 
Oh God, no, I hope not. I hope you had no input there. <laughs> um, and uh, I'll be back next week to talk about nine day fiance, of course, but until then, if you could leave a rating or review for this podcast, that would mean a lot to me. It would help people find the podcast. It will give me feedback on what you like, what you don't like, all of the stuff in between. You can do so over on robhasawebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's robhasawebsite.com slash the number nine, the number zero day fiance. All right. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. If you would like to listen to some love in paradise catch up, Stay on, but otherwise, I will see you next week. Until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap Up Podcast. We're here at the end of the podcast to talk about, of course, love in paradise. Again, I want to say thank you to those of you who put me onto this show. It's been great. I want to hear from you, though, before I proceed. Let me know on Twitter. I haven't seen a lot of engagement about this uh, Love in Paradise stuff. Let me know if this is something you're interested in. I will continue going. Otherwise, we do not have to. It's fine. I will still be watching the show regardless. But I want to know what your thoughts are just in case before I proceed. Okay? Okay. So um, I'm talking about episode three and four today. And then next week, we'll be all caught up with five and six. And then we go episodically from there until it's done. Okay. All right. Deal. Cool. Amazing. Okay. So we're going to talk about Danielle and Johan first to start. And obviously, the last time I brought the news over to you about them, they were, you know, they wanted to have a baby, but there's a big age difference between the two of them. Danielle is older. So there was some, you know, uncertainty with regards to whether or not they would be able to um, have a baby. So they go over to a fertility doctor and they do some tests and stuff. And uh, Danielle's sonogram results show that her quantity of eggs is low. I think the doctor said something along the lines of it's like it's supposed to be at a one. It's at a point sixteen. Uh, Danielle is 42, I believe. Um, so. The doctor does say, you know, IVF and donor egg, like that's where you're probably going to have your best shot at having a baby. And she says, well, what about if I don't want to do that? I want to go naturally. She says, naturally, it's about a 5% success rate. And the importance of this conversation is that Johan really wants a baby, really wants a baby bad. And Danielle at this point doesn't really feel like it's something, you know, she was like unsure if she can have a baby. And this result really sets the reality in of, oh, maybe that's not possible for us. So then when they talk about it later, Johan's like, oh, you know, we can try natural. And if it doesn't happen, we'll try another way. And Danielle says, well, I have friends who have gone through the IVF process. It's like $30,000. This is not a small amount of money. How are we going to pay for this? And he says, you know, I don't have the money right now, but we'll figure it out. Again, Johan is vibing. He's like, he's living off vibes. Like, we'll see what happens. But Danielle's definitely concerned about this. Now, um, her spiritual advisor had told her to do a ritual by the river. So they go over to the river and they, uh, what's it called? They do a little ritual. And then also her advisor had told her to plant a banana tree. And this banana tree, the reasoning for planting this was because when the advisor had done a reading, uh, the advisor had said that, you know, Johan is, he's a player. He does a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So we we're going to do, you need you to plant this tree so that, None of that happens. Okay. So they plant this tree. Uh, they put a bunch of fruit, some eggs, 
different stuff there. And this is all again to, um, prevent Johan to have bad energy. So they do all this. Now tonight they're going out and they're going to have drinks with some of Johan's closest friends. She has never met any of Johan's friends. And the whole thing with Danielle in the lead up to this is that Danielle has seen Johan's Instagram and he's friends with a ton of, uh, international women. And she's worried, you know, she wants, she doesn't know much about all, any of these women. She's very curious what's going on on the social media. And she really wants this date, this hangout to answer, get some answers for the question she has about Johan and his circle and what he does and all of that. Okay. So they go get, do this, uh, they go out have drinks and she starts asking questions. None of them really give her anything I think she's looking for because they're like, yeah, he's a personal fitness. He does personal fitness. And these are all his clients that he follows uh, or follow him. And she was like, well, they're all women. And they're like, yeah, well, the men don't really follow the clients. It's the women. So the friends are either like, you know, blocking or not blocking. What's the word I'm using? Defending him or this is truthfully what it is. Okay. I couldn't tell you. I can't get to the bottom of it. Now, anyway. In the middle of all this conversation, also, I want to say, I feel like Danielle had said that the language barrier between her and Johan is very strong. Danielle's amazing when, when she speaks with him. Johan doesn't understand English, but I feel like she's getting by just fine. And she's all, I think she's used a translator app like twice. So shout out to Danielle. But then Danielle, you know, is talking in the middle of talking mentions. Yeah. You know, we, we're getting married in a month. Oh, sorry. In a week, in a week, the friends faces drop. None of them, none of them knew this was happening and they were very shocked. They, or their faces were very shocked. And Danielle was in utter disbelief that this was not a thing that had been pointed out by, um, Johan, that he had not told his friends. She was like, why would, how was that a thing? How are you not told your friends? And then Johan has a confessional where he mentions, you know, for us in Dominican, like, I don't really, you know, we don't tell people because some people might want to see you fail and they want to put out bad vibes. So you don't tell them, and then Johan tried to play it off as, you know, surprise. It's a surprise. And they didn't know it's fine. But, uh, the friends still again tried to defend <laughs> Johan. And we're like, you know, with us, it's you tell your family first, then you tell your friends. He's like, yeah, but we've been engaged for two months. I really don't understand why this has not come out yet. So this is only fueling Danielle's, um, worries more. I feel like Danielle really thinks now something's up. Why is Johan? hiding this relationship. I think that's really what it comes down to. She feels like he's hiding the relationship, even though he was like, well, they know you're my girlfriend. But yeah, but we we're getting married. Like that's different. So we'll see where they go next. I do think having watched three episodes that Danielle and Johan are supposed to be the main uh, couple that we are supposed to follow in the story. I think they get most of the content. So there you go. And uh, let's now talk about Ariana and Sherlon. So we did talk about them last week. Ariana Sherlon, they are from the first season and Ariana and her son, Odin, uh, Ariana Sherlon, they have a son named Odin. Ariana has Odin with her in the States. Sherlon is not with them. Now, Ariana is leaving in two days so that Odin can also go meet his son for the first time and so that they can rekindle the relationship, figure out where they are and all that good stuff. But one of the things that Ariana is really worried about is that she doesn't necessarily see or know whether or not Sherlon's going to live up and step up and do the fatherly duties. Because one, the one job she had given him when all of this was going on was, I need you to get the paternity paper done so that I can add you to the birth certificate of Odin. And that was a long time ago. 
She said she had sent him the files multiple times and it just, he never filled them out. So she's very concerned about that. The other addition to this, the other wrinkle is that I guess Sherlon works at a swingers resort. So she's worried, you know, he's around beautiful women all the time. I don't know what's going on, what he does. So that was all some concerns there. So anyway, she travels to um over to Sherlon here and Sherlon goes to pick him up at the airport. He is nervous. And on the way, he does tell the cameras, you know, I do have love for her, but we have fallen apart. So I don't know. I need to find out where we are. I need to see where we are and everything like that. So we're like, okay, Sherlon, I'll see what you're feeling. Okay. So when she arrives, he arrives at the airport, hugs Odin. Oh my God. Such a beautiful moment. Loves Odin. And then really doesn't show what he left the Ariana, which was a little bit awkward for me. But yeah, Ariana also commented on it. So, you know, she noticed that, but she had said, you know, on this trip, he is going to do the feedings. He's going to change the diapers. He's going to wake up early. He's going to do his part. This is Ariana's big test for Sherlon is you need to take care of the baby because I've been taking care of Odin this whole time. So then Sherlon, though, is coming in with that energy of I do want to prove that I'm a good dad. I do want to do well by Odin. So I will do my best. And, you know, they show us him changing a diaper, which was nice. He had a little bouncy thing where, like, you put Odin in it and, like, the baby can jump. I feel like, and then they can walk around. And I feel like I, I'm like, describing, I don't know what the name is, but I think you figured out what it is. Also, the last time she was there, there was no AC. There was a problem with the AC. So, thankfully, there's an AC now. So, that's good. Um, But, yeah, with these two, I am intrigued because there's a whole other layer to this relationship where, Clearly, they both love Odin. They both want this to work for Odin. But Sherlon then has a line where he says he's been worried that what he's been doing these past 10 months will cost them and it'll get, it'll have, um, uh, Sherlon, uh, sorry, it'll have, um, Ariana take Sher- uh, Odin away from him forever. So what have you done in these 10 months, my guy? Because if you're worried, that doesn't help. But also, you know, it doesn't help that Ariana is also onto him and has a feeling something's up. And the next time on, we do see that that comes up. Uh, so we'll see what he's done. And apparently he seems like he's confessing to it. So we'll see what he's done because my oh my, is it not going to be pretty? That I can tell you. It's not going to be pretty uh, whatsoever. Okay. So then we're going to go over to Valentine and Carlos who have quite a bit of problems amongst them. I feel like they're a very intriguing couple because they came in with so much love and there's clearly love there, but they are also clashing the hardest. Now, this is the first time they're meeting in person. So the nature of the relationship is different from some of these other couples that are more established, have seen each other, have vacationed together, etc. So uh the things we learn in this episode about Valentine and Carlos is that, the, again, like I said earlier, the first episode uh was established they're both tops and they mentioned that they were able to have sex without penetration but also that uh Valentine felt I think Valentine out of the two struggled with it more Valentine wants to introduce potentially a third person that could be the bottom and he again he is polyamorous and Carlos is not so he's going to try and he wants Carlos to warm up to this we learned that in the beginning of the episode of episode 3 and in the uh, next time on for episode five, he's talking about it again. So this is something that is going to be recurring with Valentine and him attempting to bring this up to Carlos. Now, then we had a nice sweet moment where Carlos got some fish eggs to uh, to give to Valentine. And, you know, these were a childhood meal, childhood snack for him that he wanted to share with Valentine. Valentine does not like it. He uh, does not really hide it well that he doesn't like it. 
But the big scene with them in uh, this was that they're going clubbing. They're going to go clubbing. Now, Carlos doesn't really like clubbing. Clubbing is not Carlos's vibe at all. But he knows that Valentine likes the club. So he wanted to take Valentine out because that's what he wanted. Because Carlos doesn't really like dancing either. Okay. The other thing to note here is they go to this gay club. And even here, like I said before, Carlos is not fully out. So he feels like a lot more uncomfortable in public. Uh, they do bring his cousin with them, Yanner, who Yanner is, I believe, out. And um, what's it called? The thing Carlos keeps hammering home is that, you know, in Colombia, we're still, even though it's a gay club, it's a lot more conservative. We don't necessarily do a lot of things. And this was a big clash during this clubbing session because they're just standing around. They're having a drink. But Valentine wants to dance. Valentine wants to take his shirt off and dance his words he wants to he want he got up on stage and dance he went back to the bartender so the bartenders were uh, shirtless he went and got them and then get, told one of the bartenders to dance with yanner and then um valentine was like look he's enjoying himself but carlos told said in confession that he felt like his cousin looked uncomfortable so all of this is happening and and carlos isn't hiding how uncomfortable he is every time Valentine tried to say, he, Valentine was like, I'm going to take my shirt off. And Carlos was like, no, you will not. Do not do that. I'm going to go to the up on the stage. No, you are not. Do not do that. And um, this is because Carlos has experienced, um, he has said that he has experienced people still getting treated poorly in the gay club, despite, you know, it being a space for them. And that, you know, culturally, this is a more conservative place, regardless of where we go. We have to be a little bit more conservative. And he felt like Valentine was treating this like a club in L.A. So all of this is happening. And then they have a conversation about it outside. And it doesn't really go anywhere because, again, Valentine is he's out. He's proud. He's confident. He wants to do all these things. But Carlos sees it as him being disrespectful to their culture. And also Carlos is not fully comfortable to be at his level. So it is causing a clash there. The next time on, like I said, they're going to be hanging out with some of Carlos's friends who are not into polyamory based on the conversation that's happening there. And Valentine mentioned that this is going to be a struggle. So we'll see where Valentine and Carlos go next. But for now, we'll quickly check in with Frankie and uh, Gabby and Abby. So if you remember, Frankie met up, met Gabby and Abby while on vacation. And uh, Gabby and Abby are a bisexual couple. They had a threesome with Frankie. Frankie then left and went back to the States. But Frankie kept in touch with Abby um, from the relationship. And he formed a relationship with Abby. They got super, they're getting super close. Gabby and Abby, a relationship of 10 years, now in a bit of a purgatory state because Frankie and Abby are in love and they want to get married. And But Gabby has no idea any of this is happening. And Gabby and Abby are still dating. A lot of complexity here, but I want to fill you in in case you didn't listen to the last week's episode. So they were only in the second of the episode four and it went very quickly. So basically, Frankie got on a phone call with Abby and Gabby was there too. They talked, they were excited. He's going to be traveling to Mexico to see them. And on this trip is when him and Abby plan on telling Gabby, hey, so this is our plan and this is what we're doing. So I'm super intrigued. Can't wait. But, but the next scene we see Abby is waiting for him to, you know, arrive or whatever. And she gets a message from Frankie saying, I'm not, I don't want to come to Mexico. And she tries calling him, texting him. Nothing's working. So he's essentially ghosting her at this point. Okay. 
And then um, she starts getting very angry, very nervous, very upset. And Gabby sees all this and Gabby's trying to be like, oh, it's not a big deal, my love. Like, you don't be mad. It's everything's fine. But then in confessional, Gabby says, I've never seen her this upset before. So I do not understand why she's this upset because we are on vacation and it's still the two of us. Even if he's not here, that's fine. And again, Gabby doesn't know that she's upset because they were going to talk to her this trip about, you know, them breaking up and Abby marrying Frankie. So Frankie, we find out in the next time on, uh, I believe Frankie's friend is in Mexico. Like I'm assuming they were going to travel together, but Frankie's friend is saying that, yeah, Frankie didn't want to come because he felt bad and didn't want to ruin your lives and the whole marriage thing. And then Gabby's asking, and, and there's another person there who translates this. Cause again, Gabby couldn't speak English. That's how they were able to get away with talking to each other. And Gabby finds out through this conversation. So Abby's in hot water. Frankie's nowhere to be seen. It's going to get messy folks. I can't wait for that episode. Okay. And then one other couple here, we meet a new couple, new couple by the name of Daniel and Amber. So Daniel is originally from Venezuela. He lived in Costa Rica for four years. He met Amber while in Costa Rica. They dated for two years and then they got engaged and he moved to the U.S. with a K-1 visa. So they live in Florida now. And this story is very interesting to me because so Daniel and Amber have a house. Amber bought a house. Okay, so Amber works as a server. And she does, she says, you know, as a server, I don't make a lot of money. So I've invested a lot in this, in this house that we have now. And she was banking on Daniel getting his work permit ASAP, which clearly she did not, you know, do her research because she was like, yeah, it's been eight months and nothing's come yet. And she says that she's been feeling super resentful because, you know, there's a lot of stress with the mortgage payment in this house. And she's, you know, you've got a server's wage and he is not contributing financially. And then also, Based on some of the cutscenes we saw, he's not really contributing in the house either. No, the dishes aren't done. The cats aren't fed. Um, he is not doing all of that well either. Another caveat, another addition to this story, another wrinkle, if you will, is that they have a roommate. Ashley, aka Amber's sister, lives with them and, you know, is helping with the rent. So that is something that Amber is super appreciative of. And, you know, uh, Dan, Daniel is in the middle of a confessional complaining. Yeah, it's only 1200 square feet and we have four cats and the cats are stealing my space. I go to bed. They're on my leg. They're on my head. So he doesn't love cats. Uh, for me, four cats sounds great. I mean, depends on the size of the place. I have two cats. I feel like I could go for a third cat potentially. Um, but you know, they talk about that a bunch. Okay. So then they also have another scene where they share one bathroom in this house. Okay. Between the three of them. And there was a scene where. Daniel's in the shower and he's like, hey, is my shampoo over there? And it cuts out, it cuts out of the shower and it's Amber and Ashley in the bathroom getting ready. And I go, can you reach out for that? So they're sharing this one bathroom and Daniel really feels like they could benefit with a second bathroom. And Daniel has worked construction before. So Daniel was like, this is something I think we should get. And Amber says, honestly, I don't feel like that's that should be the number one priority. We have so many other things going on right now. And I don't want to spend $15,000 on a whole new bathroom in this house. And he's, you know, trying to argue back. And she says, until you can pay a bill, you don't have an opinion. When you can pay a bill, then you can have an opinion. She was like, okay, pulling rank. I, I see what's going on here. A little awkward for me. 
But then they go out for, they're going out, you know, it's the weekend. She says, you know, it's my favorite time of the week because then go out, have fun. It's like, hey, same. I feel you there. So she takes him to a country bar for some line dancing. Spoiler alert. Daniel doesn't love line dancing. In fact, Daniel says that he doesn't really like hanging out with um, uh, Amber's friends because Amber's friends, they just want to drink, they want to get drunk, and he feels like then Amber wants to do the same, and he doesn't really want Amber to be drinking like that. So we get to this country bar. <laughs> There's line dancing. She tries to convince him to line dance. He has no interest in participating. Uh, definitely of like the five people that were there in that group, he seemed the most miserable, which, you know, it's not for him. So that's fair. So then, um, she's like, okay, I'm going to dance with my best friend, Ashton. So Ashton and her work together and she goes over to dance with Ashton. Okay. And then while that's happening, everything's fine. Then something interesting pops up. So we learn after, of course, a little bit of line dancing and vibes. We learn that Ashton is moving in with Amber, Ashley, and Daniel. Now, you'd think, okay, everyone's in agreement, new roommate. Didn't Daniel just say that four cats and a roommate was difficult for him? Yes, but Daniel doesn't know that Ashton's moving in. <laughs> and Ashton moving in like next week. So Ashton just got a divorce and is moving in with them to help with rent and all that stuff. But Daniel doesn't know. Ashley, sorry, Amber hasn't said anything yet. And when Ashton asks, like, is this, are you going to say something? Amber, um, Amber repeats, well, he doesn't have room for opinions. He doesn't pay bills. Ashton's like, listen, that's all well and good. I'm not trying to get involved when he doesn't even know I'm moving in. I would like for you to tell him that I'm moving in, please. And thank you. So the agreement is that uh, she will tell him, but he still doesn't know. So the next time on shows them together in the house, Ashton's moved in, but it's going to be drama. So we'll see. But that does bring us to the end of our journey today. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Again, if this is something you're interested in seeing continue, definitely let me know on Twitter at Puyaism. Um, and if you can't leave a rating and review on the podcast, uh, that would be much appreciated. That's Rob's website.com slash 90 day fiance, the number nine, the number zero day fiance. It has been lovely being on this journey with you on the Hot Mess Express today, but we have arrived at the destination. We'll be back next week with Brian Scally to talk about the next episode. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye.